Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Happy Hanukkah. What is it, my friends, about light that we are so obsessed with this phenomena called light? The entire holiday of Hanukkah is centered around the lights. If you think about it, there was other miracles in the Hanukkah story. What about the miracle of the Maccabees, the battle, the small group of brave Maccabees won over the mighty Greek army? Why does the entire holiday center around the miracle of the oil, which lasted for eight days? It must be something about the light, something about the oil. You see, Hasidic teachings tell us that in truth, the real battle during the story of Hanukkah was not over territory, and it wasn't over the existence of the Jewish people. The Syrian Greeks had no problem if the Jewish people continued to live and exist. Their issue was not with the body of the Jewish nation, but the soul of the Jewish people. They were trying to annihilate and assimilate the Jewish people. They were trying to create a equality between the Jewish nation and all other people. In other words, they tried to snuff out the soul of the Jew. This is represented by oil. Oil always rises above. You mix oil with any liquid, it's always gonna go above. Oil also always permeates anything. If you have an oil stain, it goes through and through your cloth. What is it about oil that rises above and it permeates? Oil represents the pure soul, the essence of the Jew. And this is what the Greeks were trying to destroy and eradicate. They couldn't stand the spirituality and the godliness of the Jew. And that's why even though technically, according to Jewish law, when the Maccabees found impure oil, they were allowed to use it, they chose not to because they recognized that here lies the essence of the Hanukkah story. Here lies the core of the battle and the struggle. The struggle was to contaminate the soul, to destroy the essence, to extinguish the spark. This is what Hanukkah celebrates. Hanukkah celebrates the core essence of every Jew, the soul, the neshama, the oil. Hanukkah celebrates that no matter what happens, no matter how many nations try to destroy it, the neshama of the yid, the essence of the Jew will always prevail, will always stay strong. Open up your hearts for this week's story where we discover the incredible journey of a young Jew who seemingly lost it all, but their spark was ignited. This story is about one of the most incredible Chabad emissaries who sadly passed away in recent years, giant of a man who brought hundreds, if not thousands, of young Jews closer to Judaism. His name was Rabbi Shlomo Schwartz, fondly known as a Schwartzy. Rabbi Schwartz was a shliach in California. And the story takes us to that first year when the Rebbe's Hanukkah mitzvah campaign came out when the Rebbe encouraged every Jew to do everything he can to ensure that everybody has a chance to light the menorah. Rabbi Schwartz took upon himself that no matter what, he is going to ensure that every Jew that he can reach in his college campuses and in the entire area, in the LA area, will light the menorah on Hanukkah. It wasn't easy. He was incredibly exhausted. He was drained. He prepared a very extensive program to ensure that he will reach every single Jew as possible. Every day, without sleeping, without rest, he went from place to place to do whatever he can, home after home, dormitory after dormitory, apartment after apartment to ensure 
that every single Jew gets to light the menorah. Our story takes us to one of the last days of Hanukkah. He was sitting in his office exhausted. After a long day of running around distributing menorahs and candles, he finally decides it's time to go home and light the menorah with his beloved children. It wasn't a long ride from the office back to his home. And as he was driving home, he realized that if he goes straight directly home, it'll be a lot quicker than making the detour. But the problem was that in order to get home, he had to pass through a neighborhood that was not one of the finest neighborhoods in the area. In fact, it was a neighborhood that you tend to avoid if you're driving in the evening. But he was so tired and so exhausted that he decided he's just going to go straight home and cut right through that neighborhood. With him, he had a young yeshiva student who was assisting him on the Hanukkah campaign that year. So late at night, as they're driving home, they make their way through this neighborhood, a neighborhood so bad that even the L.A. Police Department tries to avoid. As they're driving through, he's reflecting upon the day and the impact they've had when all of a sudden, boom, he hears a noise and he notices that the engine has simply stopped right there on the road late at night in this terrible neighborhood. He looks and he notices that the gas tank is totally empty. They were so busy running around all day giving out menorahs and candles and spreading the light that he kept on saying, I have to get gas, I have to get gas. I'll do it in a minute, I'll do it soon. And unfortunately, he totally forgot. And now here he is on a dark night in a neighborhood that you don't want to go even in the afternoon, especially not late at night. It's quiet in the car. Silence, fear starts creeping through his heart. What will they do? After a few moments, they realize that staying in the car is not gonna help them. They're gonna have to get out and get help. From who? From what? They step out of the car and they notice that the street is pitch black. Every single house is dark. There's not one light on. What are they gonna do? Go over to one of these homes and wake someone up? Who knows what's gonna happen on the other side of that door? They knew they have no choice. They have to look and see, perhaps they can find a home where the light is on. They turn one corner, they go another corner. Almost two blocks away, they suddenly see a home with light coming out of the window. They looked at each other in fear. What do we do? Do we have a choice? This is before the days of cell phones. They're alone. What other option do they have? With trepidation, they walk up the steps and they stand in front of this metal door. Later on, they would share how they had no idea how they found the courage to do it, but they simply knocked on the door. Waiting, heart is pounding, what will be next? No answer. They knock a second time, and they hear steps coming towards the door. They look at each other, they take a deep breath, not sure what to expect, when suddenly the door opens, And at that moment, the jaws dropped. As their mouths open wide, they see standing before them a large, tall man. Looked huge, big build, metal and gold and silver chains all around his neck. Tattoos all over, earrings on both ears, looking at them with big eyes. And there they are, standing, trembling. What in the world are they supposed to say to this African-American individual? Looking at them past midnight on this dark, cold night, 
two young Jews with black hats and trembling at his doorstep. Before they could say another word, to their utter shock, they hear this man open his mouth, give them a smile, turn around, and calls out to someone else in that home, come, you have guests. At that point, they had no idea what to expect. Who is he talking to? What's going to happen? Less than a half a minute later, a woman standing at the door, and one look at her face was extremely obvious that this woman is a Jewish person. At that moment, their feelings of tremendous fear evaporated and transformed into shock. What in the world is this Jewish woman doing in this neighborhood and in this home? Within a minute, they came to learn that the individual who opened the door, although he looked so big and scary, was actually a very kind, gentle man. He asked them, what is the issue? What's going on? And they explained they're out of gas. And he said to them, don't worry about it. Come inside, have a seat. How about you talk to this woman while I go out and get some gas for your car? As soon as they left, as soon as the man left, they're sitting on the couch looking at this woman. She looks at them, and before they could say another word, she says, hold on one second, please. She leaves the room. They're waiting, not sure what to expect, looking at each other with fear, surprise, and confusion, when suddenly the woman walks back in with an envelope in her hand. She opens up the envelope. She looks at them and says, let me tell you a story. I'm a Jewish girl. I grew up in a nice Jewish family. But unfortunately, I went through lots of trials and tribulations, and I ended up marrying that man who you just met, my African-American husband. When that happened, my parents cut off all connection with me. Alone, here I was in this neighborhood, living with my new husband, with no connection with any family or past friends. This went on for a year, two or three or four. It's been now seven years. I truly miss my family. I was feeling so alone. So I called my mother. She didn't take the call. I tried to visit her. She didn't open the door. So I sent her a letter. In that letter, I just said, Mother, I'm your dear child. I want to come home. I want to reconnect with you, with my family, with my people. And this is the letter my mother sent back to me. She wrote to me a letter and she says, my dear daughter, you know touch me so deeply, but I feel like you're too far gone. Here's an example. Right now is the holiday of Hanukkah. It's the holiday of celebration. It's the time when everybody is celebrating. I know where you are. You're celebrating Christmas with your new husband. Do you know what I'm doing? I'm celebrating Hanukkah with your family, the ones you left behind. If you are not even lighting a menorah, then what do we have in common? And those were the final words of the mother in this letter. And this young woman looks at Rabbi Schwartz and says, I received this letter and I couldn't stop crying. And I turned to my husband and I said, if only I had a menorah. It was just two hours later when you showed up at my door with what is in your hand, a little menorah. How did you know? Who sent you? What are you doing here in this dangerous neighborhood at this crazy hour in the middle of the night? Rabbi Schwartz, with tears in his eyes, told her about the Rebbe and the Rebbe's cure and love for every Jew. 
and how the Rebbe's mission is what sent them to her doorstep. They lit the menorah together. The woman was crying, and they decided spontaneously to call her mother in the middle of the night, to wake her up so she could hear the songs and the tunes of Al Hanisim and Hanera Talalu being sung 12.30 in the morning in this dangerous neighborhood in the heart of LA as a Jewish soul is reignited. That moment began the journey of return for this young woman who today is a vibrant part of her Jewish community. My friends, don't let the light go out. No one can take away our oil. The neshama remains pure, no matter where, no matter when. Keep shining the light. This is Rabbi Zalman Dechdel. Thoughts, comments, questions, feedback, 785-917-0200.